Welcome to the King's Anywhere podcast, inspirational teaching, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whenever you're ready. We are in the middle of a series, as you know, and the series we are looking at is called Devoted, and we're looking in the book of Acts, it's that really early days of the church, the church has just been born, and we've got the, the, the stuff that the disciples, the apostles got up to. And you'll find it in Acts chapter 2. So if you've got your Bibles, just dig into Acts chapter 2 for me. I hope you're ready to join in today. Otherwise, this is going to be a really long morning. (laughs) No, you'll be fine, I promise you. Okay, so Acts chapter 2. And we're going to read just a few verses. We're going to read verses 42 through to 47. We're all there? So it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. I'm just going to pause there really quickly, just a little thing to drop in. The original version of that says to the prayers. That's the actual translation of it, which is a bit of an interesting one because it almost implies that they had a set of prayers that they used every time they met together. It's almost like a liturgy kind of thing. Interesting. But there we go. That's one for another day. Um, To the apostles' teaching and to prayer, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet in the temple courts. That's a lot of services, isn't it? But there we go. In the temple courts, they brought bread in their homes And they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. God bless your word to us this morning. Okay, so just a little bit of an explanation about where we are and why we are. So uh, Jackie was was preaching this morning, and as as we know last week, Jackie has been unwell. She's doing better, Um, but just as a leadership team, I'm not going to say against your will, because she did go okay with it, but we had to fight her. We said, you need to just not do anything this week, so so she's, we, we'll get that talk another week. Um, so if it feels like we're a little bit out of sync with the series, that's because we are. Okay, We're up to the bit where it says praising God. We've missed a whole chunk of stuff, and we will catch up. Okay, But I'm sure you will agree, church, won't you, that more important than anything we do, Jackie and Dan and our leaders, and we care for them as people before we care for them as leaders. And so it's like, whoa, have a minute. Okay, so, so that's where we are, and that's why we are a little bit out of, out of sync. We decided this on Thursday, so I'm really sorry, but I've not done notes. Um, so what we're going to do, Sarah is very kindly going to uh, take some notes as we go through. She'll put those on the, on the um, website, so you can get them if you like. And for missional community and missional household leaders, I'll send you some bullet points and the verses that we are. So you know what you can dig into this week with a couple of questions. But that's why we've not got the QR code and those kind of things this morning. We're just, we're just going a little bit off-piste for a bit. Okay. I hope you've got your phones with you. If you've got a phone with um, a smartphone, that will be useful in a little while. Okay. So, worship. What is it? Praising God. That's what... That's what we were told. They met together every day in the courts. They praised God together. How about here? 
Why do we worship in the way that we do here at King's? Just an interesting thought, something to consider. Because, you know, obviously if you've joined us, maybe recently or whatever, you might think this feels different to maybe a church that I've been to before. Maybe, maybe it feels exactly the same as churches you've been to before. But why do we worship in the way that we do here? What, what actually is worship? Why are we choosing to do things maybe a little bit differently in recent months than what we've done maybe over the last two or three years? Why? I just want to explain that with you and just take on a little bit of a journey so that by the time we get to the end of our, our, our time this morning, you've got a great understanding of what worship is, what worship isn't, and what our response can be uh, to worship. Okay? But what I'd like you to do, if you've got your phone... Um, sentences that you don't normally hear a preacher go I want you to go online during the talk <laughs> yeah. and I would like you to do please is to go to a website it's going to come up onto the screen I want you to go to a website called Mentimeter and you're going to put a code number in it'll come up on the screen and what I would like you to do can you see it at the top so it's menti.com m-e-n-t-i dot com and it will ask you for a code, and those numbers, 2873-1296, are your code for what we're going to do this morning. Because what I'd like you to do, when you saw on the screen, though, the word worship, I want to know what comes into your mind. Now, I want you to answer, please, no more than two word answers. Don't do a sentence, okay? You can do a single word or two words. And the answer I want you to put in is that, it's that thing of, it might be, what is worship? It might be, what does worship mean to you? It might be, how do you feel when you come to worship? Yeah, Gareth talks about thankfulness earlier, didn't he? We had to give thanks for something. Your word might be thankfulness or giving thanks. That's a two-word answer. That would be okay. And what will happen is, as we put our answers up, we'll form a, a word cloud on the screen. So the more people who say the same word, the bigger that word will become. And if it's only said once, it'll just be there. It's really small. But let's see what we're going with. Three words. What is worship? How do you feel when we come to worship? What's it all about? Let's see what our worship journey looks like this morning. Interesting. It's jumping everywhere, isn't it? We'll get a screenshot of this and send it out for you so you can see what your answers are. Hmm. This is going to be interesting. I'm intrigued. Praise is the biggie, isn't it, at the minute? That's the one that's been said the most number of times so far. Sitting there smack in the middle, still growing. Adoration, thankfulness. God's worth, care for orphans, yeah. Surrender. Have we all got some answers up? Have a look at the screen. Does that surprise you? What stands out to you? I'm going to bring the mic around, actually. Let's have a chat about this stuff rather than me just talking at you. 
What stands out to people? Have a look at it. What stands out? What do you look at and think, oh, that's interesting? Or, oh, I like that. <laughs> you might look at your own and say, I really like that answer, and it's because I put it. <laughs> what, what stands out to you, Dan? Come on, what stands out to you? Um, maybe the fact that singing isn't the biggest one, which is a, a big thing that people think worship is. We're on green actually, for this radio, Mike. Sorry, Dan. As in that singing isn't the biggest answer on there. Yeah. Even though it's often something that people think of when worship, but it's not. Yeah, interesting. Interesting that singing wasn't the one that came up at the top. What are you thinking, Neil? What's caught your eye? Love. Uh, the reason I put love is because uh, when I do pray, because um, uh, another word I put with love is safe. Yeah, wow. You know, and uh, I feel safe with God. That's brilliant, mate. Thank you. Yeah, worship's a place of safety, isn't it? That's really good. What? Anyone else? Anything that caught your eye? Julia, yeah, what caught your eye? The reason we're using the mic is so that people can hear in the other room. That lifestyle is so small. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. We'll touch on that a bit later. Anyone else? Anything that stood out to you? Elaine, what stood out to you there? Uh, When I'm doing worship, um, it's just pure love for me. Yeah. When God fills me with his love, it's like being under a cooling waterfall. Wow. And on a day like today, how amazing is that? Tell you what, Elaine, we could do with a leak in here, couldn't we? God, I didn't ask for that, please. <laughs> yeah. uh, the answer I put was act of love. Yeah. But the one that stands out for me, and it's, it's really small near the bottom, is engaging with God. Yeah. And I, I, I was surprised that wasn't a bigger answer. Yeah, engaging with God's not, not as big on there as we thought, is it? One of the things that stands out to me is how small Jesus is on there. Hmm. How small God is on there. That's interesting. I mean, the question doesn't cue you up to write that word, so I'm not getting all offended by it. Do you know what I mean? But it is interesting. That's where we landed. Any, maybe one or two more people, what stood out to you on those answers? Anyone want to say anything? I don't mind if not. It's okay. I'll come to you next. I'll come to you next. Come on, Mike. Uh, living sacrifice. I thought it might be bigger. Yeah. Interesting. Cheers, bud. Okay. Just one more. Go on, Hans. What stood out to you? I think for me, it's these are thoughts and feelings that we all have, and it's things that we can give to God and God gives to us. Yeah, absolutely right. That's cool. Thank you. Just looking at this, there's a few things that stand out. I think Dan's point's a really good one, that singing isn't the biggest. We can sometimes assimilate worship and singing. I think it's the same thing. It, it, worship can be singing, but it, by definition, it isn't singing. A few things that stand out to me on here. Like I said before, I think Jesus and God being small. The, the question didn't cue you up to, to put that answer. I think if I'd have said, who do we worship? I think that they would have looked, the, the picture would have looked very different. But isn't it interesting that all of these different phrases, fire, whole life, healed, devotion, adoration, love, praise, and thankfulness are the four biggies. And if we take thankful and thanks, giving thanks on there, then that would, like, thankfulness would be bigger still, wouldn't it? Brilliant, thank you. Thanks for doing that. I'll, I'll get a screenshot of that and we'll send it out so we can see what, what, we, what we feel. So, what worship is, what worship isn't. We're going to just dig a little bit further. Can we put the lights back on, please, Cole? Or someone at the back, please. 
That would be cool. Thank you. So, can we go to Psalm 119, please? We're going to jump around a little bit this morning. Psalm 119. And we're going to look at verse 171. Okay, the reason we're going into the Bible a lot is I don't want you to think this is the person who leads worship academy, so they're bound to just say about singing songs. I want us to say, what does the Bible say about what worship is and how it should be? So Psalm 119, verse 171 says this. May my lips overflow with praise, for you teach me your decrees. Acts 2 talks about that they gave, they were giving praise. Whenever they came together, they were giving praise. And I think that what we can sometimes do is confuse worship with how we come together corporately and what we do corporately. We have a time of worship. We say, now we're going to come to worship. And I understand what we mean by that. But worship is an overflow from our hearts. Our private worship comes from an overflow of what's going on in our heart. How do we know that? Well, again, let's, let's go into the Bible again. Matthew 12. Let's have a look in Matthew 12. Jesus speaking. It's always worth hearing what he's got to say, isn't it? So Matthew 12, verse 33. It says, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For the tree is recognized by that fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Okay, it's a different context. I know he's not talking about worship here. But what Jesus is saying is, what's going on inside is what will come out. And, and we know that, don't we? We know that. You know, if, you, if you're having a good day and it feels like everything's happy and everything's fantastic and inside you're feeling great... You know when you come to meet with people, you're going to have a good time because you're feeling good. You're well, well happy. We speak things that are encouraging. We, we behave in a way which is uplifting. If we're having a terrible day, we walk in and it's almost like the dirty kid of Charlie Brown. You know what I mean? It's like there's a cloud that follows you and it's like, oh, I feel awful. And what's going on inside comes out and, and you know, we've all been, I've been that person who's having a terrible time and I can't do anything but speak negatively. You know what I mean? I spot the bad things before the good things. I spot the problems before the, the solutions and the answers and, and how good stuff's been. Out of what's in your heart, the mouth speaks. So, my question, first of all, for our personal worship, is what are we filling our hearts with? How do we engage with God? Are we reading the Bible? We, we, I know we keep saying this, but do we read the Bible? Do you listen to the Bible? If you're not a reader, I'm not a massive reader. I quite enjoyed reading at primary school. Got less interested at secondary. I enjoyed English literature A-level, but if I'm honest, it killed reading for me. Because I stopped enjoying books. I read because I had to answer some questions. So I'm not a massive reader. But I do like listening to what the Bible said. I remember going on holiday to Thessaloniki and listening to the, lesser, the letters to the Thessalonians. Thinking, this was written to people here and that, that was fascinating. I loved it. So are we in the Bible? Are we filling our heart with what's in the Bible? So our personal worship is an overflow of what's going on inside. But then we bring that with us. So our corporate worship is then an overflow of our private worship. 
So when we come here on a Sunday, or you go to missional community, missional household, go to a prayer meeting, whatever it is, when we come together to worship, what you will get is the overflow of what's been going on in your private worship. It's really hard to come into a worship context if all week you've not spent any time with God. It's almost like the first 20 minutes is, God, where are you? (laughs) But you know, I'm sure you know, we've Many of us have been in that position where, let's say, I know, example, you've been to a conference, you've been to River Camp, you've just spent a week completely cut aside, devoted to God, you've cut time out of your diary, you've been worshipping daily, every day, numerous times, great times of encounter with God, you come to celebration Sunday morning, the place is bouncing, because what we're bringing is our personal worship into our corporate worship. So my, may my lips overflow with praise. Overflow, overflow, fill up, overflow with praise for you teach me your decrees. At Worship Academy, we talk about practice rehearsal sound check. It's something we talk about all the time. Because as a team, what we want to do is we want to make sure that by the time we get here on a Sunday morning, we've had the list the week before, we've been listening to it, we've been practicing it at home, we've come on a Monday night, we've rehearsed it, we've learned it, we get there early on a Sunday morning, we sound check it, it's ready. By the time we come to Sunday morning celebration, the team on stage can say to God, God, I've worshipped you with this list for hours this week already. I'm just ready to worship you with it again. Our personal worship overflows into our corporate worship. Make sense? Excellent. Let's move on. Hebrews 13, verse 15. Okay? Hebrews 13, verse 15 says, let's have a listen to it. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise for the fruits of my lips that openly profess his name. We worship God when times are good. We worship God when times are tough. Honesty spot. I want you to think for a minute. Because I, the more I thought about this this week, the, the more I've I reached a bit of a, a weird place. So my question is this. Is it easier to worship God and spend time with him when things are going great or when things are going tough? Interesting, isn't it? Because when I thought about it, yeah, in some ways it's easier to worship God when things are great because I'm in a good mood. Remember that stuff we said earlier? But if I'm being really honest with you, some of my closest encounters with God have not been when things are amazing. They've been when things are tough. It's almost like when things are tough, we dig in deeper. It's almost like when things are hard, we get closer to and We choose to position ourselves in a place where we can encounter him more. Look, and it's not really a sacrifice of praise, but a question would be, like, do we see our worship set on a Sunday morning a bit more like a gig? It's a weird question. But, you know, I don't, listen, I'm not saying this is at the same scale as the Chinese church meeting in the forests because they can't have a building and they'll be arrested if they're seen, okay? I'm not saying it's that context. But do we find it easier to worship God with some songs than others? Do we look at a set list and think, I like that one, don't like that one. I'm not asking you to tell me which your favorite song is, you know what I mean? But I'll be honest with you, there's some songs we use which I really don't like. I really don't like. There's some songs I think, flipping out, we did that too many times early on, it's killed it, don't like that one anymore. But you know what? 
our worship is not about what songs are on the set list. It's not a gig or a hope we do that song this morning. It's about are we choosing to worship God with whatever is put in front of us? You know, bless them. Bethany Church at the minute, I've got no musicians currently most Sundays. And they're worshipping literally with a line of people singing unaccompanied and worshipping God. And God is doing some amazing stuff over there. God bless them. God bless them. Do them good this morning, God. Let them have an amazing encounter with you today. Yeah? This is not what songs are we doing that I enjoy. <laughs> this is, God, I'm going to worship you, whatever's going on here. If I'm having a great week, I'm having a terrible week, I choose my sacrifice of praise. And that might even be as simple as, I don't really like this song, but God, I'm going to worship you with it anyway. Or it might be, I really love this song. I'm not going to get a caught up with the fact that I enjoy it. I'm going to worship you with it. Does that make sense? So, sacrifice of praise. Don't confuse style and theology. That's an interesting one. Hmm, I prefer hymns. They sell good theology. Some hymns sell terrible theology. And did those feet in ancient times walk upon England's mountains green? And was the Lamb of God on England's pleasant pastures seen? No. <laughs> Great music. Terrible words. Yeah? Don't get confused by thinking because it's a hymn, God's in it. But equally don't be confused by thinking because it's a modern song, God's in it. Yeah? Let's just worship God. <laughs> Let's get past, let's not confuse style and theology. Let's not confuse taste and theology. Before we go to the next slide, Sarah, can, can someone, we're going, we've got one, two, three, four, five verses we're going to read out and I'm going to ask people to read them for me. So who will read for me Psalm 145, verse 3? Who'll do that? Just give me a wave if you'll read that and just find it for us, please. Psalm 1453. Brill, thanks, Phil. You find that one? Psalm 48, verse 1. Who'll do that one for us? Thanks, guys. Psalm 96, verse 4. Who'll do that one for us, please? Thanks, Lil. Jumping out of the Psalms. 1 Chronicles 16, verse 25. That's the challenging one. That's where it's good being on your Bible, for, on your app. <laughs> you don't have to know what it is in the book. 1 Chronicles 16, 25. Who'll read that? Thanks, Dave. And Psalm 113, verse 3. Who'll read that one for us? Go on, last one. Who'll do it? Brill. Thanks, John Mark. So, Psalm 145, verse 3. Phil. Great is the Lord, and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Brill. Psalm 48, 1. Who was that? Who was Psalm 48, 1? Gaz. Get my steps up. Wander around. Do us good. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise in the city of our God, his holy mountain. Fantastic. Thank you. Who is the next one? In fact, we'll just do it. It doesn't matter really. Dave, do you want to read yours? What was it again? I was hoping you'd remember that I didn't have to go back. You just gave my steps up. Flipping witness fans. Which one was you, Dave? Was you Psalm 96 verse 4? You was 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles 16, 25. We'll come to you next, Lil. Because you're near each other. 1 Chronicles 16, 25. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise, for he is to be feared and worth all gods. Fantastic. Thanks, Dave. Psalm 96.4. Spot the clue. 
For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. That's interesting, isn't it? A psalm in the book of Chronicles. Interesting. Like word for word, a psalm in the book of Chronicles. It's almost as if the same author wrote the lot. John Mark? Uh, From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Brilliant, thank you. What's the link? What, what are the verses telling us here? He's worthy of praise. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. Next slide, please. God's worthy of our worship. He deserves it. He deserves our worship. When we come together to worship, we're not just coming together thinking, what shall we do? We're coming together thinking, you know what, God, whether you have let me have a great week or a terrible week. God, whether you've been providing for me in ways I've seen or ways I've not seen yet. God, whatever you are doing, you are worthy of my praise. God deserves our praise. Yes, it's a choice. But there's that verse in the Bible that says, if, if even the rocks would cry out in praise. I mean, some people think that would be amazing to see. I really don't want to be in a place where we've got to rely on the rocks to worship God because I'm not doing. I really don't want to ever see that. Yeah, God is worthy of our worship. And it could look like this. But it could look like this. It, it, it could be how we talk about what God's doing in our story, in our life, worshiping God as we have a brood together. It could look like this. Worshipping God when we're studying, when we're in, in college, in, in a place of learning, in school. It could look like this. Worshipping God when we're at work. How do we, you know, that old sort of Pentecostal link word, you know, how do we gossip the gospel? How do we talk about what God's doing with our colleagues? It could look like this. Just having a meal together. Giving thanks to God for his provision. And, and as we eat, I don't think it's any coincidence that it was the Seder meal where, where the where communion was instituted, that whole thing of when you do this, do it in, in memory of me, in remembrance of me. Jesus was having a meal with his mates and talking about how, why he's eating. Remember what Jesus was going to do. It's no coincidence. It could look like this. How we help those who are, who are in need. Yeah? One of the things on there was caring for orphans, wasn't it? Worship is about how we care, how we support our communities. That's worship. Or it could be this. Hoppa. It could be this. It could be how we play sports. It could be how we are with our, with our, our teammates and stuff like that as we're, as we're playing a game. It could look like this. How we worship by reading the Bible, by getting into his word. It could look like this. How we worship when we pray together. Do you get the point? Worship is part of our everyday life. It's not just what we do when we come together to sing. Maybe it could look like this. I'm not talking about let's go swimming. We talked earlier, and I mentioned earlier, we were going to look at why we're doing what we're doing, how we're worshipping now. And we believe as a, as a leadership team here at Kings that God's inviting us to go deeper with him. God's inviting us to a place of deeper encounter with him. Of a place where we really get to spend time with the one that we love. And as we worship together, as we go deeper into that relationship with him, that releases the prophetic. We hear his voice more. 
that releases uh, the Holy Spirit to move upon us. And so we'll see times where there's just an outbreak of, I don't know, maybe suddenly over there, everyone's laughing because God's doing something remarkable in their life. Maybe over here, healing breaks out. Maybe over here, there's a clear sense of direction of what God's saying to some people. Over here, maybe tears start as God just breaks our heart for the, for the, the places that we live and work. It invites, as we spend that time going deeper into worship, that sense of the Holy Spirit being at work upon us. It's about having the discipline of spending time with God. It helps us to practice for eternity. We will be worshipping for eternity. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be the longest sung worship set. There's a lot going on in heaven beyond just singing songs. But for eternity... We'll have that expression, that sense of I'm worshipping my father. It's incredible. It checks our priorities. Are we ever in that worship block where we're thinking, come on. Yeah, I felt that sometimes, I'll be honest. But have you ever been in that thing? What's our priority? When we come to worship together corporately, is my priority, I'm here to meet with God and for however long that takes. And I know that there's life and I know that there's challenges and all those things. But come on, folks. What's our priority? It checks our priorities. It challenges our taste at times. But this is one of the reasons why when we come together corporately, we're choosing to dedicate a big chunk of time to just worshipping God together. To saying, God, I'm going to give you this time. I choose to bring the overflow of my heart corporately to meet with God in that extended expression of worshipping him. In our garden, at the minute, it looks like flipping Aesop's fables. It's crazy. It's like we've got collared dove over there, pigeon over there, magpie over there, squirrel over there, and cat hiding under the chair. And it's like, you could get them. (laughs) But she's like, no, no, I don't want to see. And it's the weirdest thing. You've heard me talk about Mimi before, but she... She's a nervous little girl. And the other morning, I, I, I looked out of my office window, my bedroom window, and she was hiding under the chair. All this stuff's going on in the garden. I went downstairs, I opened the back door, and she ran in. And she jumped up onto the table, and I sat down next to her. And, oh, it's horrible, it's a terrible thing. She just she rubbed her head against me. And then she put her head down on my hand. She snuggled up, and she fell asleep. And I thought, I've got to go to work. I want to stay here. Um, but the thing that, it, that stood to me was, right, all the battles, all the challenges were out there. But she chose to come to a place where she felt safe and she rested there. And you thought someone put, I think it was you, wasn't it, Neil, talks about worship being a safe place. I think that's another picture of what that worship expression can be. We're spending time with someone who can care for us, hold us, protect us, love us, and give us that sense of intimacy with him. Okay. That's so encouraging, mate. So encouraging. Okay, the final bit. Acts 16. So Gaz could probably tell us all about this because he's been reading this in his prayer time this morning. He's told us in the, worship, in the prayer meeting before. Unprompted. Acts 16, verse 16 to 34. Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. 
She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune selling. There's so much about that sentence that I hate, but there we go. Um, We don't own people, come on. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the Spirit left her. When her owners realized that the hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews. And they're throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell, fastened their feet in the stocks. Like that's not a great day, is it? You know what I mean? Uh, They've seen God do something remarkable, but they are not having the best of days. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Really? (laughs) Suddenly there was a sound, such a violent earthquake, that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. I mean, think of the threat that he was under. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for lights and rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in the house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized in the middle of the night. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he'd come to believe in God, he and his whole household. What's the point? They were not having a great day. They were in a tough spot. But they chose to worship in that. Did you notice? Throwaway comment. They're worshipping. Everyone else is freed as well. That's remarkable. There's power in, in, in worship. There really is power in worship. It invited freedom for everyone. It led them to mission. The jailer started to serve them. When we create an environment... Uh, in worship, mission can flow. A few months ago now, we, uh, just a handful of us at the prayer meeting, uh, half night of prayer, about 11 o'clock, went out, uh, took a guitar, round the skittles, about 11 o'clock at night, in the middle of clubland, just getting going, and started to just worship. And it was really interesting, because some people thought we were busking. <laughs> just remember it now. Some people thought we were busking, and just stood around listening. But what changed was the atmosphere. So Mike was having conversations with people who are taking steps forward in their journey with Jesus. You could just see people who just needed God and we could pray for them. There's something about worship which creates an environment where mission can really flow. There's a connection between the two. They are not separate things. Okay. So what's my response? What should I do? Should I ask for forgiveness? 
Should I ask God to forgive me where my attitude has been wrong about this? Do I need to adjust my private worship? Should I do that? Should I adjust how I spend time with God during the week? Should I change how I get myself ready to come for celebration on a Sunday and I don't mean what clothes you wear? Should I be coming in in a different mindset than I come in currently? Should I do that? Should I be choosing to worship even though my circumstances are tough? Should I mix worship and mission more? Is that something I should be doing more? I'm asking myself those questions. And I wonder if you're asking yourself those questions. Just close your eyes for a sec for me. Because there's a slide that's just come up while your eyes were shut. <laughs> which says, what will you do? It's all right having all the shoulds. I should do that, really. I probably should do that. Probably I should do that. What will you do? Will you, will I, choose to worship? Will I choose to put into practice some of the stuff that we've been thinking about today? Will I let my overflow, will I fill my heart with stuff so that my private worship overflows from that? Will I fill my week with private worship so my corporate worship overflows from that? Will I worship God in the good times? Will I worship God in the tough times? Will I worship God with songs that I don't even like? (laughs) Will I worship God together? Will I worship God in a coffee shop? Will I worship God in school, in college? Will I worship God at work? Will I worship God around a meal? Will I worship God by serving others? Will I worship God at the match? Will I read his word more? Will I pray more? Will I go deeper? Will I just choose to park there and go deeper? Will I mix my worship and my mission? We hope you enjoyed this message. To find out more about King's Church Warrington, visit our website or find us on Facebook and Instagram.